audience as they join in with us today. Good morning, guys. Thank you for tuning in. I know we four, we're four minutes early, but that's all right. That means you get out four minutes faster. <laughs> but man, I'm so excited to be here and uh, share this word with you today. But if you join with us online, we just did a recap of yesterday. Yesterday, we had our one-day Freedom Weekend. And let me tell you, it was short. It was nothing short of amazing. We had our good, good friends, Dustin and Kristen West from Bethany Church in Baton Rouge. They came and they joined us and they rocked the house from worship to preaching to teaching. It was amazing. Did y'all enjoy Dustin and Kristen yesterday? Weren't they such a blessing? And man, I know everybody's like, man, we need to have them back, especially Dustin leading worship too, because that brother can sing. <laughs> he can sing, not sing, he can sing. But uh, man, we had such, such a great time. Uh, yesterday uh, in here in the same building, and I told everyone yesterday I wanted you to come back today because I had a special word for you, and I do, but this isn't just for everybody that came yesterday. This is a word for each and every person that's watching online and in the building today, and if you're coming back and you're watching this later, uh, this word is for you because I believe that there's moments in our life where God touches us, something dramatic changes, and we get a fresh fire from God like never before. And you just, y'all know what I'm talking about? Like yesterday, you're just excited. And you're like, whoo, I heard it said this way. You ready to go bear hunting with a switch. <laughs> like, you're just excited. And you're just like, man, I'm all fired up. But what I want to talk to you today is these three things, I'm going to give you three things today that's going to help you maintain the fire that you feel right now. Because so many times we get the fire of God. We get touched by God. Think about how many times or moments you've been touched by God and people next to you have been touched by God, but then all of a sudden you look a few weeks, a few months later, and they're nowhere to be found. What happened? The fire went out. The fire went out. So what I want to talk to you today in the next few moments is I want to teach you, I'm going to give you three fires. And if, you, if you keep these three fires burning, I guarantee you your excitement, your passion, your joy, your pursuit, your enthusiasm for the Lord, it will never burn out. It will never burn out. And I want to read uh, Leviticus. So you know if you're reading Leviticus, it's getting serious. It's getting real serious. You're talking about some Leviticus. <laughs> Leviticus chapter 6. We'll read uh, Leviticus chapter 6, then we'll pray. Before we read the scriptures, if you're uh, watching online or you're in the building, if you have our app, all the notes for this message or on the app, you can download the app, New Life Church or Mobile. You'll see it there. And also, we just started something new that I want to plug. We just started our podcast. So you'll be able to go back and listen to the audio of our podcast. You can listen to that on the, on the, on the uh, app as well. You can listen to the app or you can go on Spotify if you have Spotify. Just search New Life Church or Mobile podcast and you'll be able to listen to the audio of this message uh, when it drops tomorrow. But Leviticus chapter 6, we'll read that and then we'll pray. Leviticus chapter 6, verse 12. Meanwhile, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must never go out. Say, must never go out. The fire on the altar, it must never go out. Each morning, the priest will add fresh wood to the fire and arrange the burnt offering on it. He will then burn the fat of the peace offering on it. Remember, the fire must be kept burning on the altar at all times. The fire must be burning on the altar at all times. It must never 
go out. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for what you did this weekend and what you're sealing today in our hearts. I thank you, Lord God, that the fire, our fire for you, our zeal for you, our passion for you, let it burn bright, Lord God. Let it burn hotter than ever before. But I just pray that today that you open up our hearts to maintain that fire, that it just won't be a one-day experience, Lord, but this will be a lifestyle change for us in our pursuit of you. And I thank you that you're opening up our hearts to receive Holy Spirit, have your way. I bind the thief that will try to come in and hinder what you would do today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 The fire must never go out. Say, it must never go out. So if you're taking notes or if you're following online, you already uh, on the app, you already see the title of this message. But today's message is entitled, It's Getting Hot in Here. Not talking about Nelly, but we, it's getting hot in here. It's getting hot in here. The fire, the fire must never burn out. Back home at our house in Baton Rouge, we had a fireplace. And y'all know living in the South, you can only use that about twice a year. But those two times a year when we were able to use the fireplace, it was amazing. You throw the logs on the fire and you can just wrap around it. You can see it burn and man, it felt amazing. But what, the first time we did it, I realized, man, I need to keep putting some logs on this thing because if I don't watch it, it'll just burn out. And we would watch the fire burn. And as long as I threw logs on it, that thing stayed hot. It stayed great. But then I realized if I turned my back just a little bit and I didn't throw any logs out on it, the fire would eventually burn out. You know, sometimes that's us. We're getting in moments like we did yesterday or we're in a praise service and boy, the fire is burning. We got logs all on the fire and the fire is burning strong. But some way we get distracted with the cares of life. We get distracted with just busyness and things that's going on. And we didn't notice that we stopped putting logs on the fire and we turn our back and the fire is gone. Because I would put, stop putting wood, uh, fire on the logs, and I knew that as soon as I stop putting fire on the logs, I can go to sleep because eventually the fire is going to burn out. That's what we do sometimes with God. We stop putting fire on the log, and we don't even realize that, guess what? The fire is gone. It's burned out. But how do we get to a point where the fire was so bright, and it was burning so passionately? What I saw yesterday was God moving and God giving freedom to people. My desire is you maintain that for the rest of your life. And the way you do that is you keep the fire burning at all times. That's why it says in Leviticus, the fire must never go out. It must never go out. Because once you uh, take the fire off and you take those logs off and it stops burning, guess what? It's a little bit harder to get up to go to church on Sunday morning. It's a little bit harder to go to Wednesday night prayer. It's a little bit harder to get connected to community. And it's a little bit harder to read your word and stay engaged with God because the fire is burned out. There's no fire. But like I said, I want to give you three things today, three fires, that if you keep these three fires burning, I guarantee you for the rest of your walk with God, now I'm, I'm not saying it's going to be perfect. I'm not saying that things aren't going to happen. But what I'm saying is your passion for God, it will never burn out. So just to clarify, you say, well, what does the fire mean? What does that mean? It means that any moment the, burnt, the fire is burning inside of me that instantly I could tap into the presence of God at any moment. At any moment, my fire is burning so bright, somebody say, I love the Lord. Oh, I love the Lord, too. And the fire is, in, is instantly started on the inside of you. Because sometimes you ever been in a worship service and presence of God is moving and people being touched. And then you see other people just standing there like, what is going on? Why are they raising their hands? Why are they singing? Hmm, that's a good song. Hmm, I wonder what I'm having for lunch today. I've been that person. You know what that is? No fire. 
no fire on the inside of me. But when there's a fire inside of you, they start singing praises to God, boy, at any moment, you could just bust in the flames. Why? There's fire. The fire must never go out. I want to teach you today, never let the fire go out. These three fires. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. This is why I remind you to fan the flame, fan into the flames the spiritual gift God has given you when I laid hands on you. What is this spiritual gift? It's the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit to ignite your flames, there is no fire. The Holy Spirit is the fire. That's why Paul encourages us, you must fan into the flames daily. So daily, you must have communion and relationship with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the one that ignites the fire inside of us. You know, it's like wind. Wind to a fi- or with a fire, wind increases the supply of oxygen, which results in the fire burning more rapidly. The Holy Spirit is the wind to our fire. We need the wind of the Holy Spirit to begin to blow on our fire because when he does that, it begins to make the flames bright, uh, burn even rapidly, well, more rapid. We need the fire, the wind, the fresh breath of the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit that's the one that ignites us. So what does that mean? That means daily, I acknowledge the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you for being inside of me. Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, God in me today. You'd be amazed by just acknowledging the Holy Spirit daily, how much more that would ignite the flames inside of you. Because you'll start thanking the Holy Spirit for what he's done, and I need you. You, you, you're relying on your dependency on him. And then guess what? Instantly, you done started the fire inside of you. Ooh, I didn't encourage myself. I was depressed. I was lonely. But guess what? Now I'm excited. What did you just do? You, you fanned the flames. The Holy Spirit is the wind. We need that fresh wind of the Holy Spirit to burn inside of us so it can ignite the flames. So if you feel like your flame is getting low, go acknowledge the Holy Spirit. Tap into the Holy Spirit. That's why on that last message yesterday, Dustin talked about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Some people never move past salvation. Some people never move past baptism when it deals with the Holy Spirit. There's three baptisms, but the baptism of being filled with the Holy Spirit is the most important. Because the Bible says that Jesus told us that he would give us a, a, a comforter that will be with us, that it will never leave us nor forsake us. And that promise and that gift was the Holy Spirit. So daily, we must tap into the flames of the Holy Spirit and ignite those flames and those fires inside of us. So before we can even get to the three fires, we need the Holy Spirit. (laughs) You need the Holy Spirit to ignite the fire inside of you because without the Holy Spirit, there is no fire. There is no fire without the Holy Spirit. So that brings us to the three fires today. These are the three fires that I want, and I'm halfway through the message already. There's three fires I want to give you. I want you to write this down. This is the first fire. I promise you, you do these three fires. You have these three fires going at all times. The fire inside of you will never run out. I promise you, it will never run out. The first fire is this, the fire of daily devotion. The fire of daily devotion. That fire for daily devotion must never run out. And I'm going to break it down for you. What does that mean? This is, you make a daily practice of our daily devotions. It's that simple. And what are our daily devotions? The word. I have a fire for the word daily. Not every once a week, not once a month, not once a year at the beginning of the, no. Daily, I make a practice of fanning the fire or having a fire for the word. What word are you standing on that's going to help you overcome what you're walking through? You know, there was a pastor that's very dead to my heart, and he would always say, 
If you're walking through something, the first the people come to me, Pastor, I need you to pray for me. He says the first thing he always says, what scripture are you standing on? And he says about 90% of the time people say, oh, oh they don't have the word because they don't have the word inside of you. You know, a lot of times people feel like I just need you to pray for me, and that's enough. Yes, sometimes you do need people to pray for you because I encourage people to pray for me. I need your prayers. But at the same time, I need the word as well. And I have to fan the fire. I have to keep the fire of the, uh, of the word and encourage myself daily. So I ask you again, when you're walking through difficulties, what word are you standing on? Because, you know, sometimes you might be in the middle of the night at 2 a.m. in the morning and you feel depression or you feel all these attacks. You might not have a chance to pick up the phone and call someone, but what you can do is open up the word and get you a word and encourage yourself. The fire, what I'm teaching you today is how to encourage yourself. Because one of the greatest things that you can do is have a healthy appetite of the word. Because guess what? The word will never change. And the word will always strengthen you and encourage you. When there's no one else to do it, when there's no pastor to preach to you, or there's no friend to call on, the word will never leave you and it will never forsake you. And you can always get in the word and you can encourage yourself. One of the greatest things as a pastor that I could teach someone as a pastor is get in the word. Get a word, a rhema word for yourself because you get a rhema word, I'm telling you, God can move in your life with the word. So that's the first, in our daily devotion, we got to have a fire for the word. We also need to have a fire for worship. Does God have your worship or does your circumstances? It's hard to have a fire for God when your circumstances have your worship. You know, sometimes we put more focus on our circumstances than we do God. We, we worship our circumstances. Man, I just... I'm just struggling financially right now. And that's all you can think about. That has your worship. God, this issue that I have, that I'm going through, I, I just can't, I can't shake free from this, this issue that I have. That has your worship. And when your circumstances have your worship, it's hard to give God your worship as well. Because all you're thinking about, your mind is so wrapped up on what you're walking through that you can't acknowledge the God that says, well, I'm just right here and I can help you. But when you have a heart and a mind that's set in a fire for worship, guess what? At any moment, you begin to worship. You know what worship does? It begins to highlight God, and, and uh, your problems begin to decrease. When you begin to worship God, you, whatever you're walking through, you could be depressed in the moment. You tap in and start worshiping. You, man, I forgot what I was depressed about. Why? Because worship has a way of centering our heart and our mind and our focus back to God, not on our circumstances. So we have to have a daily devotion or a fire for worship. Third thing is prayer. Prayer. Daily, we have to communicate and, and, and commit, communicate our dependency on God in our lives because prayer humbles us and shows our need for God. A lot of times we don't pray is because we really feel like we don't need God. I got this. I'm good. I, I, you know what? I make enough money. I'm okay. I don't need God. You know why God says that Jesus said that it's hard for a rich person to make it into heaven or go through the eye of a needle? Is because, or, or easier for a camel to go through the needle, is because a rich person or a person that feels like they have success or money, they feel like that's all I need. So God, why do I need you? I have everything that I need. Why do I need you? When we, when we begin to put our, our, um, our reliance and our dependency on our things and our money and not God, guess what? That builds a proud heart. It builds a proud heart. But prayer, it humbles our heart because it says, God, I need you. Just like we talked, like uh, Jessica shared the testimony with the woman. At the issue. She was desperate because she knew the only one that can heal her was Jesus. And she humbled herself and said, I don't care about all these people around me. 
I need Jesus. So guess what? I'm going to humble myself and bow my knee and say, Jesus, yes, I need you. And guess what? He's right there to answer every single time. Every single time. But we have to humble ourselves in prayer and express our need for him. We're still under the fire of the daily devotions. This is, this is still the first fire. Now, this is a big one. This is a big one. Under our daily devotions, there should be a fire for fasting. There should be a fire for fasting. We should not make a routine, and we should have fasting should be a rhythm and routine of our lives. Fasting should not just be reserved to the beginning of the year. I know a lot of times we just feel like at the beginning of the year, that's the fast, and you never think about fasting again until January. Nobody likes fasting. I don't like fasting. It's not fun. It's not fun because everybody loves to eat. And you can look at me and tell I love to eat too. (laughs) But what I'm saying is fasting has a way to accelerate things in the spirit that would take place in the natural. I mean, that would never take place in the natural. Because when you fast, what you begin to do is you deny yourself. You begin to deny yourself. And when you begin to deny yourself, and you never really understand the power on our desires when it comes to food because we're always eating. Take it away and see what your desires are like. Boy, you start craving all types of stuff. Last week, tomorrow and I, we were fasting before the uh, Freedom Retreat, and boy, at night, we was like, man, I could sure use some heart's chicken. <laughs> Ooh, man, that would be good right now. Man, I could use some pancakes from uh, Cracker Barrel right now. Ooh, man, that would be so good. There was a, a pastor one time, he said he was on a 21-day fast or something like that, and he was in Walmart, and he heard over the loudspeaker, fresh, hot biscuits in the back, and he said, ooh, I got to get me some of them hot biscuits, so he said he was about to break that fast, so he ran back there, to get, and he was looking all around, he's like, man, I don't see any hot biscuits, but what it was, was they said, hibiscus, <laughs> it was fresh hibiscus, so he was... That's how your mind will trick you. He was like, man, I just, I know I heard hot biscuits, but no, it was hibiscus. The gardener brought out some hibiscus plants out there. So, but that's what your mind does when you fast. All it does is, and, and that shows you how much we're dominated by food. And it's like, you ha- we have so many cravings, but when you begin to fast, what you do is you deny yourself. And when you deny yourself, it causes you to connect to God like never before. You know, sometimes fasting is what the cure that you need. Like sometimes if you've been praying about a situation so much and you feel like you hadn't had breakthrough, I would just encourage you, go on a little three-day fast. Just deny yourself. And sometimes the issue is that it's not that you don't have faith. It's that sometimes you just need to fast. I want to read this, Matthew 17, verse 20. It says, so Matthew uh, chapter 17, verse 20 and 21. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here, and it will be moved, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Sometimes it's not your lack of faith, it's not your lack of prayer. Sometimes you need the component of fasting. Because fasting will accelerate things at a much greater rate than you just praying. I'm not saying that you don't pray, you do pray. But sometimes you need to supplement that with the fast. If you need clarity in your life and there's a decision that you need to make that you don't have any understanding, I can encourage you, go on the fast. 
And what, what fasting is not is just a simple thing to saying that I'm not going to eat. A lot of people just think when you fast, I don't eat, but I can do everything else. No, I can watch TV. I could be on social media. I could do everything that I can do. I just don't eat. That's not fasting. That's just starving yourself. <laughs> when you fast, what you're saying is that I'm going to isolate myself. And so the moments that I would be eating, you know what? I'm going to read the word. The moments that I would be eating or I would be watching television, I'm going to worship. The moments that I would be scrolling the internet or doing this, you know what? I'm going to worship or I'm going to read the word. It's whatever you're doing, you're substituting eating and all other activities that you would normally be doing for the presence of God. That's what fasting really is. It's a denying of yourself to draw closer to God. And sometimes you don't realize how much you need it until you go on the fast. I'm going to get off that soapbox. But the first fire is the fire of devotion, the fire of daily devotion. Y'all say the fire of daily devotion. This is the second fire, the fire of sanctification. The fire of sanctification. When your conscience isn't clean and you've been in secret sin, it burns out the fire inside of you. There's been moments in my life where I know that there's been issues in my heart, secret sin in my heart. Guess what? Whenever there's secret sin or issues in your heart and you're, you don't feel clean, the last thing you want to do is run to church. The last thing you want to do is pray. Matter of fact, you're trying to do, what can I do to get my mind off the way I feel? Man, where's the bottle? I need something to drink so I can take my mind off this. Where's the pills? Because I, I just need to, I need to take my mind off what I'm going through because you feel unclean. When you don't feel clean and your conscience isn't clean, guess what? Instant indicator, that fire is about to burn out. That's why we need sanctification. Romans chapter 7, verse 21. Romans chapter 7, verse 21 says, I have discovered this principle of my life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all of my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So there, you ever did something before we say, man, I'll never do that. And then you did it, and you're like, oh, man, God, please forgive me. I'll never do it again. And then you pray that prayer that everybody prays. God, if you help me get out of this, I'll never do it again. Everybody's prayed that prayer. God, I promise you get me out of this, I promise God I'll never do it again. I promise God I'll never do it again. You do it the next day. Sometimes 15 minutes later. Oh, God, I said I wasn't going to do it, and I done did it again. What is that? That's still the sin in, within us. That's still the sin dominated inside of us. Is it, does that mean that you're a miserable person? No, that just means you need sanctification. So we have to have the fire of sanctification inside of us because sin will always bring shame. Sin, it, sin's goal is to dominate you with shame because the devil knows that if he can get you full of shame, he can get you away from the presence of God. That's why we need sanctification because sanctification, it causes you to search your heart and say, God, what inside of me is causing me to desire to do this sin? Sometimes we focus more on what we're doing instead of saying, why am I desiring to do X, Y, Z? What is causing me? What are the effects that are causing me on the inside of me that makes me want to desire this? That's when you get to the root of sanctification because you begin to say, God, search my heart. 
Why am I desiring these things? Why do I keep saying these words that I don't want to say? Why do I keep doing these things that I'm doing? It's, it's the sin inside of me. Search my heart, God. Sanctify me. Make me clean. Make me more like you in your image so that these desires, give me right desires. Give me right motives. Give me a right heart. When you begin to pursue the Lord in sanctification, guess what? Your desires begin to change. Your desires begin to change. There was one time in my life I thought I would never be able to stop drinking. I might have shared that before. It was like whenever I couldn't do anything without drinking or doing drugs. I, I, like, I couldn't, I, it was like, if I'm going to do it, I have, you got to give me something to smoke and I need something to drink because it's not fun without it. And I was like, I can't, I can't go anywhere if I'm not high or if I'm not drunk because it's just not the same. You give me a bottle, you give me something, and I'm good. But guess what? That was the sin inside of me that was desiring that. But when I dug a little bit deeper, what I realized is this, is that I was so unhappy with my life that I had to find something else to try to fill that void. I was so full of, I didn't have purpose. I wanted purpose so bad, I just didn't know how to find it. So I found it in those things. But what happened is those things became an addiction, and I became so addicted to those things that those things made me miserable. Isn't that ironic? The things that I thought was going to bring me comfort made me miserable. It made me hate myself. What is that? That's the sin within me to bring shame that causes your destruction. That's why the devil said, the Bible says the devil's aim is to steal, kill, and destroy. He's trying to destroy you. He don't play fair. We have to ask God, God, sanctify my heart. The fire of sanctification. You need the fire of the word. You need the fire of our daily devotions. But we also need the fire of of sanctification. Sanctification. Y'all say sanctification. You know, tomorrow, she shared this story yesterday. A lot of times, our eye gate and our ear gate causes us to do things and react in ways that we wouldn't normally do. So it's the things that you watch and the things that you listen to. Those things are what influence you. How do people influence you? Because you're with them, spending time, you see them, and you hear them. Ear gate. So you have to be mindful of the things that you consume, both visually and audibly. So one of the rules that even before we got married, Tamara and I, we made a decision that we don't watch rated R movies. Some people are like, what, what's wrong with rated R movies? It's just a movie. Yeah, it's just a movie, but I want to make sure that my heart is pure, that I'm maintaining, that I'm filtering and keeping pure the things that I allow to come in. There's got enough stuff out here without me trying to watch it that I got to keep my eyes from. I don't need to just purposely just put it in front of my face and like, oh, look at that. I need to turn my face. No. Why? Or I don't need to listen to certain things because I already know what it's going to be. It's like there are certain movies that I see, I was like, oh, I know it's going to be funny, but I can't watch it because I already know the language that's going to be in it. And it's like that, I, that's, that type of language is not feeding my soul. So you know what? Instead of trying to just, I could just, let me just sit through it because they say a few words, but no, I'm not even, no, don't even subject myself to that. I'm not even going to listen to it. Funny story, real quick, and I'm moving on to the last point. We almost finished. We were hanging out with my cousin. I shared this story before, I believe. We were hanging out with my cousin in, a, uh, in his home, and he has this nice, he turned his basement into a theater. And it's this nice, cool place, and we, tomorrow and I were hanging out with him and his friend, and he was like, let's go down there and watch a movie. And we're all like, oh, that's great. And he turned on the movie on the projector, and then it's rated R. I saw that, I was like, oh. It's about to get awkward. I said, um, excuse me, and I called his name. I said, but we don't watch rated R movies. He's kind of froze. He's like, 
oh, okay, okay, well, you know, I have something else. I try to watch what I watch sometimes, and, but I could put something else in. And he put another movie in, and we laughed, and we had a good time. But for about 10, 15 seconds, it was kind of awkward. But the point of it is, is that there was a conviction inside of us that says we're not bowing down to our convictions no matter what the situation is. But later on, my dad told me he was talking to him on the phone, and my cousin brought up the, that situation. And he said, you know what, after that, it got me to thinking. He was like, he said he didn't watch rated R movies. I don't need to watch rated R movies either. So I threw all of mine away. Just standing on my convictions, I wasn't trying to make him feel guilty. I was just saying I can't allow these things inside of me. And so by that, my, my standing on my conviction, it caused him to say, you know what, maybe that's a conviction I need to have in my life. Sanctification. But if I wouldn't been pursuing sanctification, that would never happen because I would have been like, just go ahead and play it, brother. <laughs> sanctification. We have to have the fire of sanctification. What is that? God, search my heart. God, give me right desires. Why do I desire these things? Why do I think these thoughts? Why do I have these cravings? Why do I have these feelings? When you begin asking God those questions, now you're on the road to sanctification. And guess what? Sanctification never ends. You'll never get to the point where you say, I've arrived. No. From the day you die, you will constantly pursue God. God, make me more holy. Make me more, more like you. First fire, the fire of daily devotion. Second fire, the fire of sanctification. And I'm going to read this scripture real quick. First Peter 5, verse 8. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's looking to devour you. Pursue sanctification. This is the third fire, the fire of accountability. I'm telling you, you do these three fires, the fire of God inside of you will never burn out. You'll always be passionate about God. You'll always be excited about your pursuit of God. It would never get boring. Sometimes your pursuit of God doesn't get bo it's boring because you never do these three fires. You get these three fires, I promise you, your pursuit of the Lord will never get boring. Some people say, well, I can't be a Christian. It's boring. It's boring because you don't do these three things. You do these three things, it'll never get boring. The fire of accountability. accountability. Accountability is good for us. It's not there to harm us or control us. You know, a lot of people think accountability means you're just trying to, you're just trying to control me. You're just trying to tell me what to do. No, accountability is good for your soul. Sometimes you need a little accountability in your life. You know, it's, I'm not afraid of the police until I'm speeding down the road. You ever know you're speeding and you know you shouldn't be speeding, and then you see the, oh, let me slow down. Let me see. I got my seatbelt on. Am I good? Am I good? Is, I'm good? It's like you tighten up real quick. Why? Because that's accountability behind you. That's accountability. There's this small town back home that they're notorious for pulling you over for uh, tenant windows. And in my old car, they were illegal, and I knew they were illegal, and uh, they were so dark. And even in the daytime, you couldn't see in there. And, uh, and so I, in this part of town, I would always roll my windows down. So even whether it's day or night, I would always roll my windows down because I knew if they stopped me, I'm going to get a ticket, and they're looking for it. But I remember one day I was leaving out of the bank, and I forgot. I literally pulled out of the parking lot of the bank and turned on the street and probably two seconds later, whoop, whoop, oh, this dude got me. I'm like, but it's broad daylight. How, you can, you can kind of see in here. No, ticket. Two weeks later, same part of town, 
Same, he got me again. What is that? That's accountability. I knew my, I knew my tent was wrong. Because in Louisiana, you have to get inspection stickers. And they, if your tent is too dark, then they won't let you get an inspection sticker. But if you know where the places to go, they kind of give that, hey, man, you throw you a little bit extra, you give me that, give me that sticker. But you got to go to the hood to do that, though. <laughs> and so I knew the places to go to get my sticker because I knew my tent was illegal. But what is that? But when you have accountability in your life, you say, you know what, man, this is wrong. I got to stop doing this. So when I got another car, I said, you know what, I'm not going to do to avoid all this. Let me just get what's legal. It's easier to follow the law than just trying to get around breaking it because that's too much scheming and trying to do it. That, that's too much pressure. I don't need all that. But when you have accountability in your life, it, it causes you to tighten up. When you know, like, that's like when you're in the, in, the, in the classroom and you're trying to cheat and you're looking around and, and the teacher, is she looking? Is she, what's, what's the number? Answer the number three. And you, is it what, but when there's accountability, you know that there's the little extra that makes you tighten up. It's like when you work, go into certain restaurants, you know that when the manager's there or the, or the uh, supervisor's there because everybody, hey, how you doing today? Welcome to McDonald's. <laughs> y'all know y'all don't act like that. Where's y'all? They got the store manager in here, aren't they? They here today, huh? And it's like, what? Well, there's accountability. When accountability there, accountability is there, it causes us to straighten up, to tighten up. Accountability can save your life. Sometimes the things that you don't have in your life that you need the most is accountability. I know a lot of people say that, oh, these youth, the youth of today, they're terrible. They, they're, it's right. They don't have any accountability. There's nobody in their life to teach them right from wrong. There's no one to hold them accountable. Because when someone holds you accountable, it makes you, it makes you decide, hmm, is this, a, is this a good decision or not? Because I know the consequences of my decisions. When you realize the brevity uh, or the severity of your consequences, it'll make you re-question your decisions. You'll think real, now, now I know if I do this, my mama's going to whoop me. My daddy's going gonna, gonna to beat me. He ain't going to whoop me, he's going to beat me. If I do this, is it worth it? And you know, sometimes when you're young, you're like, it's worth it. I'm going to go ahead and do it. And then you, I'm going to pay for it later. And that was me sometimes. I just learned the hard way. But then when I got older, I realized, you know what? It's much easier not to learn the hard way, but learn from other people's mistakes. And that's when you start taking personal accountability and you say, you know what? I need to make better decisions. But not only make better decisions, I need people in my life that can look me in the eye and say, Mario, how are you doing? Mario, what's going on with your thought life? What's, how, how is your relationship with tomorrow? How is your word life? Have you been praying? Have you been seeking the Lord? Have you been spending time with your family? Have you been keeping your eyes away from things? How's your purity? When people start asking you those tough questions and you know you're accountable to somebody and they're going to ask you them, it causes you to rethink your decisions. But see, that's what, that's what accountability does. When you have a fire of accountability coupled with a fire of daily devotion, a, column, uh, um, a fire of accountability, and a fire of sanctification, you get all those three things together. Boy, you, real, you see real quick how much you need Jesus. And what it does it do? It keeps the fire burning. It keeps the fire burning inside of you to say, Jesus, I need more of you because I do need to read your word daily. I do need to worship. I do need to pray. I, I do need to sanctify myself. I do need accountability in my life. And it keeps the fire burning on the inside of you and it doesn't go out. Why do people get touched by God and then they never come back? Because these three things, they let the fires burn out. You get a fire of accountability. Accountability is there. It can save your life. I remember this one time. It was a crucial decision in my life. 
I just went to the pastor because I wanted him to pray for me. But he said, he prayed for me, but then he said, you need to go on a three-day fast. Getting back to fasting. Can't get avoided. Can't avoid it. And I was like, everything inside of me was like, he don't know if I'm going to do fasting. He won't know if I really fast or not. He's not going to know. And the truth is, to this day, he never asked me, hey, did you ever go on that three-day fast? Matter of fact, I knew that he was going to forget about the conversation because he talks to so many people. I was like, he's not even going to remember this because he has so many interactions. And I remember walking away from there. I was like, you know what? I said this is my pastor. I'm submitted to this church. I'm going to be accountable to his, uh, his wisdom and his leadership. And I did it. I went on a three-day fast. That three-day fast saved my life. It was the three-day fast that I needed that got me off the course of pursuing baseball to pursuing ministry. And if I wouldn't have went on that three-day fast, I would have went to go play pro baseball. And I would have never met any of you to stand here in front of you to talk about accountability. But what I'm saying is sometimes accountability will save your life. Think about how many decisions you made that if you, would, you thought to yourself, if only somebody was in my life to tell me to stop, slow down, don't go that route, don't date that person, don't do these things. Only if somebody, think about it, how many times in your life did you wish you had a little bit of accountability? It's there to save your life. It's not to harm you. It's not to control you. It's there to save your life. Accountability. But a lot of times we run from it. I don't want people all in my business. It's not that people are trying to be all in your business. They care about your soul. They care about your salvation. That's what accountability does. It causes you to tighten up. I need to make better decisions. I need to choose wisely the people I hang out with. But this is also a, com a component of accountability that I love, and I'm going to close with this. James chapter 5, verse 6. 16, I'm sorry. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayers of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. You know, sometimes the healing that you desire is just simply confessing to someone in accountability, I'm hurting in this area. I need help. And they say, you know what? I've struggled with this too. And then you'll realize, I'm not alone. Man, the devil made me feel like I was alone in this. But you mean you walked through this too? Yes, I have walked through that. And this is how I overcome. Let me pray with you. Healing. Right there, healing. A lot of times we just need to be accountable to someone to receive the healing that you need. Some of you are like, I just want to be healed so bad. But who are you accountable to that you can pray for to be healed? We just read that scripture. It says, confess your faults or your sins to one another and be healed. The healing that you need can be found in accountability. Accountability can save your life. Amen. Amen. Y'all give the Lord a hand clap. Those three fires. I'm telling you, you do those three fires, the fire of daily devotion, the fire of sanctification, the fire of accountability. You keep those three fires burning at all times in your life, I guarantee you, your passion, your zeal, your enthusiasm for the Lord, it will never burn out. You will never get bored with the Lord. And it will keep you on a path that you will receive everything that you want from God. Amen? Amen. I'm going to just ask everyone just to bow their head and to close their eyes. And, man, we're talking about these three fires. The most important thing in our life, to, to get to the three fires that we're talking about, First, you have to be in right relationship with God. You know, there's a lot of people in this world that care about you. There's a lot of people in this world that love you. 
but none of them can come close to the comparison of the love that God the Father has for you. Sometimes we'll try to do all the things that we can to find happiness, to fill that void, or to find all the things that we want to do to, man, if I just had this job, if I just had this relationship, if I just had this car, this house, man, I would just be happy if I had those things. But the truth of the matter is none of those things will ever satisfy. The only thing that will truly satisfy your heart is a true relationship with God. And today, I just want to give an opportunity for those of you in this room or you watching online, you say, man, I don't have a relationship with God. But those three fires that you talked about, I realize I need them in my life. But first of all, I don't have a relationship with God. So how do I even start? You start today by accepting him in your heart. And I want to pray this prayer with you watching online or you in this room. If you say, man, I, I, I need God in my heart. I want to come to a right relationship with God. Or you may have followed the Lord at one time and you find yourself in a place where you straight away. And you realize, I'm not where I am because I let these three fires burn out, but I want to come back to God today. If that's you in here today, no one looking around, or you watching alone, uh, online, I want you just to very reverently, just raise your hand. This is not to embarrass you. This is just to acknowledge that you to God, that I need you, God. Amen. 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 If you're watching online, you're in the building, I just want you to slip your hands down, and I want everybody in the room just to place your hand on your heart. Everybody just do it. Just place your hand on your heart. And I want you watching online. You're in the room. I want you to all repeat, repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, I receive your forgiveness. And help me to forgive myself for my past mistakes. I lay down all guilt and condemnation right now. And Jesus, I receive your love. I promise to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Man, if you're in the room and you made that decision to follow Christ, I want you to do this for me. In the seat back in front of you, there's a card that says that, let's connect. On the back, you pick up that card, it says, let's connect. On the back of it, it says, I made a decision. Fill that out. When we have our offering time, just drop that in the bucket. Let us know that you made that decision to follow God. If you're online watching and you made that decision, drop a comment in the comment section. Let us know you made that decision. We'll reach out to you through the week and pray with you. But man, let's give it up one more time for those that made a decision to follow God. It's getting hot in here. Y'all say it's getting hot in here. It's really, it's getting hot in here. I don't know if it's me standing here, but it is getting hot in here too. But no, the, the hot is the fire, the fire, the fire of daily devotions, the fire of sanctification, and the, uh, the fire of accountability. Man, thank you so much for joining us online today. Uh, join us this Wednesday for Wednesday night prayer. We'll be here at uh, 6.30. It's just one hour prayer, 6.30 to 7.30. If you're prepared to give online, you can download our app. You can give on our app. You can do that as well, or you can, uh, the address should be there where if you want to mail it in, you can mail it in as well. Man, we love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in online. We love y'all. Y'all have a great week. Amen.